You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Friday, the 24th of February. We're talking at Blue Jays baseball today with our Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. Gregor, we thank you for the time, as always. It's uh, Matt Wehmeyer pinch hitting today on the Jays podcast for Tim McMaster. And, uh, Gregor, I want to start off by... Kind of talking about uh, Josh Donaldson, the news now, uh, it's about three or four days old as we speak here on this uh, Friday, but uh, it doesn't, I think what at first was kind of a minor thing has turned into something a little more substantial because I think, you know, at first you kind of dismiss it as it's a spring training ache and or pain that a lot of players go through after an off season of uh, inactivity, at least uh, in terms of baseball activity. But now it's looking like it could be two or three weeks that he could be on the shelf. Uh, how concerned should Blue Jays fans be about this? Well, you have to be concerned because of Josh Donaldson and just the importance that he obviously has uh, to that roster. I mean, in a lot of ways, Donaldson's going to be what drives whether or not this season becomes a success. And uh, he's someone you need to have in the lineup every single day. But, uh, you know, the one thing we have learned about Donaldson over, over the course of time during Toronto and also Oakland before that is he is one of the more durable players in the game. I mean, he's a guy who very rarely misses any kind of games. He's only missed a handful in each of the last two years. Um, so he's someone who's known and has the ability to, to play through pain. Uh, and I do think this is one of those situations where if it was the regular season, you'd, you'd see a bit of a different approach. But at this time of year, there's there's no rush. Uh, but at the, you know, on the other hand, when you show up and, and, and get hurt in the first week of spring training and it's one of your star players, uh, that still has to be uh, at least some level of concern for this team just because of how, how important he is. Yeah, that, that's not a good way to, to start uh, any spring training camp when uh, you know any player, much less a star player, the caliber of uh, Josh Donaldson uh, goes down like this. And uh, Gregor, do you know uh, you know how or when this occurred? Was it uh, you know an activity on the field? Was it just something he woke up with and didn't feel right? How did that go down? Yeah, it was just kind of a free thing on on, uh, on the field and one of his first workout days, um, where it was just kind of a baseball play and. Uh, it was one of those things where he just kind of felt something. And, you know, we have seen him tweak a few things over the last couple of years in Toronto. He had the hip issue last year uh, that he really kind of had to play through. And, uh, you know, he tweaked out in the swing and had to kind of really battle through that. And I think that's this is something that would be somewhat similar to that in the sense of, uh, you know, he'd be grinding if he could, but there's really no reason to at this point in time right now. So uh, in the sense that Jays got lucky that it happened now uh, as opposed to the start of the regular season because we still got easily a full month to get ready. And, and all, all expectation is, is uh, even though his spring training will be uh, you know, a lot shorter than people thought it was going to be, he should be fine and good to go. Yeah, it's if there's a silver lining here, this happened in the middle of February, not the middle of March. So uh, that's definitely good news for the Jays and for Josh Donaldson who we won't see for a couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, no reason to think that it's going to be something uh, reoccurring or lingering. Hopefully he gets back on the field soon and is squarely in the cleanup hole for the Jays on opening day or batting third somewhere (laughs) in that neighborhood for sure. Uh, Gregor, let's transition now to a guy that uh, a lot of eyes are going to be focused on uh, come Sunday. It's his first uh, Grapefruit League start, uh, first start period in a Jays uniform. That, of course, is uh, Matt Latos as – He was signed by the Jays to a recent minor league deal, and I was kind of shocked to discover that, you know, he's one of these guys that it seems like he's been around forever. You think he's in his, you know, early to mid-30s. He's 29. He only turned 29 in December. That kind of caught me off guard, and I'm sure a lot of other people, too. When he's right and when he's healthy, very good arm, uh, you know, one of the best in the game, in my opinion, but he hasn't been right for a while. What sort of uh, expectations uh, are we seeing here for Matt Latos? 
Yeah, he's, it, it, his is an interesting case to watch this spring because he's getting stretched out as a starter because the Blue Jays do need that insurance policy. I mean, they do have start, as a starting five that's pretty much locked in. Um, so there's going to be no changes there. But if somebody gets hurt, uh, then Lentos immediately becomes that backup option. He's kind of the sixth starter at this point in time right now. But what the other, what the other thing the Blue Jays are looking at from him is uh, and he's also auditioning for a spot in the bullpen, and I think they're intrigued how that arm will play out over over shorter stints, something he's done a bit of in his career over the last few years when, when things haven't really gone his way. But for the most part, the vast majority of his time has obviously come out of the rotation. So they're going to eventually try and take a look at, I think, towards maybe the end of camp. You might see him in a, in a bit of a shorter stint just to see what he can do over the course of one inning or two inning stints where he's letting it fly a little bit more. Uh, but early on in camp, they want to make sure that uh, he's nice and built up just in case anything does happen to one of those starting five guys. Yeah, and as we see pretty much with uh, any team throughout the course of any season, it's it's never one through five anymore. It can be one through seven, one through eight. You need depth, and uh, Matt Latos is a, is a great candidate to uh, provide that depth. You know, like you said, if that if that starting five is locked in, you know, at least come opening day, where does he land? I got to imagine that, you know, he probably doesn't have minor league options remaining. Does he land in a, a long relief role in the bullpen? What do you think happens to him? Yeah, I think that's where they're looking at for him. The, the Jays have a couple of guys down there that could go multiple innings. I mean, Mike Bolsinger is, is another guy, and uh, they have the ability probably to carry two of those type of arms down there. And, you know, Bolsinger's out of options. Uh, in this case, Latos type of situation where, you know, you bring in veteran guys just before camp. Oftentimes they do have those out clauses on, on minor league deals, and even if they don't, uh, if another organization is, is interested, very rarely will teams uh, step in the way of, of the big league opportunities. So for Latos, I really do think it's it's kind of a, a big league team or bust mentality for him. I don't think they're going to keep him down in the minors to uh, to keep getting stretched out. But uh, you know, he is a, he is a candidate there for the long relief. Also, kind of the uh, the guy who might be able to eat up just a couple innings at a time as well. Kind of that hybrid long reliever, middle reliever type as well. Yeah, and like we said, if the guy is healthy, if he's put his injury woes behind him. Very valuable piece, uh, you know, in that bullpen as a long guy, as a potential sixth or seventh starter should the, the need arise for that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Lato as he gets his first start in a Jays uniform uh, coming up on Sunday, and uh, we'll see how he looks. Uh, Gregor, let's transition now into some questions that have come your way uh, through the inbox, through the legions of uh, Blue Jays fans, and I know a popular question right now regarding, and this is a question that fans ask for uh, every you know team and fan base is, who starts opening day? Now, For you know, if you're the Dodgers, that's a no-brainer. For the Blue Jays, though, it's intriguing. You know, you've got Aaron Sanchez, who I think is widely regarded as you know the, the best pitcher on the team, but you can't ignore the 20-win campaign that Jay Happ is coming off of. If, you, if it comes down between those two guys, and I think it kind of does, that seems to be the consensus. Uh, who do you lean towards right now? I, I personally would go with Sanchez uh, just because I do think he is the, the starter with the most upside and he is the best pitcher in that rotation. So to me, he gets the nod. But, I mean, it really is a win-win situation for this team to even beyond those two. I mean, you really can't go wrong with one through five that the Blue Jays have, and that's really where the strength on this team lies. And uh, I think one interesting thing to, to follow is, is whether is whether John Gibbons um, decides that he wants to give it to Hap kind of as a reward for the, the season he had last year. And, uh, you know, he's, Hap's also become a bit of a workhorse over his time uh, in the big leagues as well. I mean, he started off as a guy who used to be able to only able to get five, six innings at most from him, but 
Uh, you know, last year we saw really an inability to eat up a lot of innings and get deep into games as well. And as a 20-game winner, he obviously played a huge role in what the team did last year. And so uh, they could go with a little bit more of a veteran presence just to, to honor uh, Happ and, and what he's done throughout his career. Or you could immediately go to the, the, the younger guy in Sanchez who probably deserves it um, based on last year's results as well being the AL uh, ERA leader. So you can't go wrong either way. Uh, in the end, I think they will pick Sanchez, but it wouldn't be surprising if they go half either. Yeah, both guys have uh, great credentials to earn that uh, opening day start. And, Gregor, uh, from your experience and years covering the team, I know that uh, you know the guy that does get the opening day start, it's obviously uh, a great honor for them, and they are very appreciative of it. But in a case like this where you've got two guys that are worthy, somebody's going to not get chosen. Do you find that that guy, do they, do they maybe feel slighted that, you know what, if, if say, Jay Happ is uh, you know, not the guy that they choose, is he going to walk around and say, I, I won 20 games. You know, what do I have to do? No disrespect to Aaron Sanchez, but if, you know, if I can't earn an opening day start after a 20-win campaign, you know, I, I would think maybe some guys would, wouldn't take that so well. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I mean that type of stuff happens. I've seen it before, uh, on, even on the Blue Jays staff, um, where guys kind of get caught up in those titles, and, and really they shouldn't because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. But there is an ego thing there. Uh, Jay Happ won't be one of those guys, though. If it does end up being Sanchez, uh, Jay Happ is the complete opposite kind of uh, character. I, you know, he's one of the few guys I would believe that I honestly don't think. I think he would be honored uh, if he was named the opening day starter. I think he would be touched by that kind of gesture. Uh, but he's not the type of guy who is going to be upset, and he's certainly not the kind of guy who's going to go around complaining about it. And, and in Sanchez's perspective, if he's the guy who doesn't get it, I, I think he'd handle it just fine as well uh, because I think he – uh, would understand the the experience factor that Hap brings to it and, and kind of rewarding a guy who's been around for a little bit as well. So uh, I think in this particular case, with those two guys in particular, I, I don't think egos are going to be uh, much of a factor there. And that's going to be a great relief for John Gibbons to know that you know, no matter what decision he makes, the other guy is not going to feel slighted by it. You know, both Sanchez and Hap are going to check their their egos at the door. And look, every you know any athlete that reaches this level, they have an ego. That's not a bad thing. But in the grand scheme of things, like you said, it's it's one game, it's one start. It would be a great honor. But the the point is to have them both productive for all 162 games. And uh, you know, again, like you said, to have those two guys. Not having an attitude about it has got to be a great relief for John Gibbons and for the entire team, and we'll see what decision he does make here in the coming weeks. Fans also inquiring about uh, Kendrys Morales, a lot of questions about him. And, you know, I'm not going to be so bold to suggest that, you know, that he's going to make people forget about Edwin Encarnacion. That's kind of ridiculous. But I, at the same time, I've always felt that Morales is one of the more underrated guys uh, in the game. I think he's even a year younger than Edwin, if, if I recall. I think uh, Kendrys is 33 Edwin's 34 for whatever that's worth. But, you know, this is a guy that the last two years he's been fully healthy. He's played over 150 games each year, averaging 26 homers and 100 RBIs. Those are great numbers. So do you think he's going to surprise some people this year and and be a guy that, again, he's not going to make people forget about Edwin, but he's going to, you know, surprise a lot of people, turn a lot of heads too. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him early on. Not not saying that he'll necessarily feel it, but uh, there will be a lot of attention on him just because he is filling the Incarnacion's. Uh, from a media's perspective and from the fan base's perspective, and that's not an easy thing to do. But I think once people get a bit of a longer look at him, you know, I think he'll start getting some of that credit, at least in, in this market. And I think one of the things the Blue Jays are gambling on with him um, is he's a guy who's had a track record in, in a lot of parks that were viewed more as being pitcher friendly, and, and now he's coming to the American League East. 
I mean, it's not just Rogers Center where he's going to get more games. It's going to be places like Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium. Um, so really, really nice hitting stadiums. And so that's why the Blue Jays kind of think that not only can he, he maintain what he was doing over the last couple of years in Kansas City, but they actually think that um, he can have a bit of an uptick in his numbers as well. I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, you know, has been a 30-homer, 90-RBI uh, threat. If you can see a bit of an uptick in that, I mean, that's the type of production you need from the middle of the order. Uh, Encarnacion obviously was a, a massive fan favorite here for a very long period of time and, and really helped turn this organization around in a lot of ways. So he's not going to be forgotten anytime soon. But, you know, as long as Morales plays well, I don't think it'll be too long before he gets uh, the respects that he deserves in this area as well. Yeah, certainly agree. And a great point about the ballparks. Uh, he's played half his games the last two years at Kauffman Stadium, by no means known as a hitter's haven. And like you said, again, you know, half his games now at Rogers Center. He's going to go to uh, Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium. So, you know, a lot of reason to think that there could be some big-time upside with uh, Kendrys Morales as he was signed to a free agent deal by the Blue Jays. And uh, we'll see what he does. I think we both agree that, you know, you're not going to make him forget about Edwin, but uh, he's certainly capable of uh, surprising some people and really being a big bat in the middle of that order. Uh, Gregor, just to wrap up here, some things that have kind of stood out to you uh, from Blue Jays camp and spring training right now. What's what's kind of caught your eye or caught your ear? Well, one of the early storylines to me that, that I found kind of compelling a little bit is, is uh, the Jays' approach to left field. And, and Ross Atkins came out uh, last week and, and, and kind of insinuated that he thought the Blue Jays uh, would be best served with Justin Smoke as the everyday first baseman. Uh, and then insinuated that Steve Pierce could be the guy in left field. And, and initially, the thought going into camp was that those two guys would probably platoon at, at first base, and then that would, uh, you know, create playing time in left field for guys like Ezekiel Carrera, Melvin Upton Jr., uh, maybe Dalton Pompey as an outside shot. Uh, but if Pierce does start in left field and, and uh, you know, Smoke is playing at first base, it's going to give this team a bit of an interesting look as well. And Pierce was one of the you know bigger additions that this team made in the offseason. He's someone who's struggled to stay healthy and, and is really viewed as an asset against left-handed pitching. Uh, but he does have some pop against right-handed pitching as well. And it seems like the Jays um, kind of might be changing course early on in the spring uh, to give Pierce that opportunity to potentially become an everyday guy in left field as opposed to, to first base. And that's, that's something that's certainly going to be uh, reason to follow over the next few weeks and in a camp that doesn't have a lot of jobs up for grabs. Uh, that's one of the more compelling ones to watch. Yeah, definitely an under the radar signing, but one that could be a big X factor for the Jays, you know, Steve Pierce here in uh, 2017 and uh, Justin Smoke, a lot of people uh, expecting or hoping for a bounce back season from him. And uh, if those things fall into place, uh, you know, this Blue Jay offense after sliding a little bit uh, this past season compared to their unbelievable 2015, maybe they get back on the map as one of baseball's truly elite offenses here uh, during the course of a brand new season. Great place to wrap it up, Gregor Chisholm. Our thanks to you, our Blue Jays reporter, and uh, we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, it's Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Toronto Blue Jays. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.